What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 9.7 FM, also on Love, 99.5 FM in Kumasi. This is Newsnight. In this edition, tonight, labor unrest looms as leadership of UTAC and TUTAC stage a walkout at a meeting with Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, citing bad faith and lack of commitment by government to improve aspects of their conditions of service. Government has not been fair to us, far as these negotiations are concerned, and to ensure that we get government to be serious and... Uh, committed toward the process, there's a need for us to stage a walkout. We're on the Labour front tonight also. Parliament's ad hoc committee investigating the IGP leak tape has more investigations to do as they prepare to launch an inquest to find persons behind a draft report in circulation purporting to be its findings which exonerates the IGP and recommends prosecution of the three top officers. So we should do that because this is like uh, trying to force um, a false report on the committee. You have any suspicions as to who could be behind it? I'm professional enough to keep quiet at this point in time. It should be investigated. But COP Alexander Mensah, one of the men at the center of this controversy, says he suspects the fake draft report in circulation is a deliberate attempt to frustrate his political career. My suspicion is that somebody is behind it. Somebody is trying to frustrate my efforts to become the member of parliament for Santibaba. He's the person who is doing that. And much later, meeting between chiefs and the Breku Municipal Security Council to resolve tensions rising from the order for a goat farmer to leave the area ends inconclusively as the Kuntihine of Brekum asks for time to take a final decision on the age-old custom which forbids the rearing of goats in the community. I don't know whoever gave him that order because we haven't met on it at the traditional council level and that place happens to be the highest decision body for the traditional council and in business continuous decline in prices of some foodstuffs slows inflation rate for december to 23.3 percent and in sports his excellency president akufado wants the black stars to break the 42-year afcon title jinx in ivory coast we have details of that and more here on Newsnight. You want to stay with us with your thoughts and your comments as well. Is via WhatsApp is 055-1111997. We're live on Xspaces. We're on Facebook. We're on myjoyonline.com. You can send us messages with the hashtag Newsnight. I am MFA Apau. Details after this break. Things no easy girl. For my business inside, pressure day from customers. If I make payments, give suppliers. Okada riders. Hmm. Delivery charges. It no easy. Things no they move fast like before. Because everything make expensive. The family where they house. See what I did talk. Family where they call they ask for another money. It no easy. <laughs> Vodafone cash be the only thing where they make my ID get to. If I they do transfers for Vodafone cash, it they save me money. If you they do Vodafone cash to Vodafone cash transactions, still no transfer charges there. Even if I they send money to another network, I they get value. Make you dial star 110 hash to send money. Sending money from Vodafone cash to Vodafone cash still be free. Vodafone. Ready? Let's go. Everyone is dancing, everyone is singing, because everyone is painting with Savannah. Savannah paints from Azar are affordable enough for everybody to fulfill their paint needs. Paint more, pay less. Savannah paints, we all go paint some. We all go paint some Savannah. We all go paint some. 
illegal mining continues to destroy our lands and waters. We are getting some cases of young people whereby they come with difficulty in breathing and cough. We find that they have extensive damage to their lungs. And they tend to be people who come from communities that are involved in illegal mining. From January 12th, we continue the fight against illegal mining in our communities. It's the Poisoned for Gold Community Talk. Join Erastus Asaridonko as we engage the people of Samreboy about the dangers of illegal mining. The Poisoned for Gold Community Talk is part of the USAGM media project on nature crimes in Ghana, supported by the U.S. Department of State Bureau of Oceans and International Environment and Scientific Affairs, Office of Conservation and Water. The tour is in collaboration with the multimedia group, media partners, Joy News, Adum TV, Joy FM, Love FM, Insura FM, Ahobrasia FM, Tricky FM, Asuna FM, Royal FM, Velvet Beam Radio, Max FM, Green Gold Radio and TV. Welcome to a thrilling season of football live on Star Time. The best of Africa will converge in Ivory Coast from the 13th of January. Witness the most anticipated tournament in African football where Ghana could end a 42-year trophy drought and Egypt with an 80% chance of winning their eighth AFCON title. The Taranga Lions of Senegal look like defending their title. The AFCON is here with all 52 matches delivered in stunning HD on Star Time. It's an incredible new year. Upgrade to the Star Times Mega Bouquet for only 180 Ghana CDs. Star Times. Enjoy digital life. You're still listening to Newsnight here on Joy 99.7 FM. Let's start digging now and we start off from the labor front and the leadership of the University Teachers Association of Ghana, UTAG, and the Technical University Teachers Association of Ghana, TUTAG, today staged a walkout of a meeting with the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission over aspects of their conditions of service. While the unions say government has shown lack of commitment and bad faith to see to their demands on market premium and other allowances. Um, speaking to Joy News, the General Secretary of TUTAC, Dr. Zakaria Abubakar, warned that they will be compelled to withdraw their services if government does not change its posture with regard to their negotiations. Yes, we know we have been negotiating uh, since last year. I, I think the first negotiation for this year is what we were having today. But uh, it appears uh, we are not making any significant progress. And we think government has not been fair to us as far as these negotiations are concerned and to ensure that we get government to be serious and uh, committed toward the process, there's a need for us to stage a walkout. But what triggered the walkout? Yes, you know, um, there are various items uh, on the table under consideration, including um, our market premium, that is the interim market premium, and some other some other allowances, but it appears we are not making any progress on uh, these outstanding uh, issues, including the internal market premium. If this doesn't happen, then what's the way forward? It's obvious, you know, government has always understood one language, and most of the progress we have made over the years, we, we made those progress after we have embarked on industrial action. And so we will not hesitate at all to embark on industrial action to press home our demands for review of these allowances that have been outstanding over the years. That's the, the General Secretary of TUTAC, Dr. Zakaria Abubakar. Thankfully, we also have um, the President of UTAC joining us uh, via phone, Professor Mamudu Akudu. We are grateful for your time here on Newsnight. So what really is the backstory that led to this particular walkout to witness today? Unfortunately, we've just lost uh, Professor Mamudu Akudu there uh, on the line, but uh, we'll, we'll work the lines and raise him back uh, so we get details from this particular meeting because we've been hearing uh, from the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission. Uh, ben Arthur will also be joining as a chief executive of the commission on this. Already, uh, there have been talk about how surprising uh, they find the action of TUTAG and UTAG from that meeting today. We we'll also get to hear uh, from a labor analyst on all this because already uh, we've been hearing from TUTAG mentioned that they are warning that they will be compelled to withdraw their services if government uh, does not change its posture with regard to uh, the ongoing negotiations. They have concerns about government not ceding some of the concerns that they've raised. Uh, we work the lines again and Professor Mahmoudou Akudo uh, joins us back on the line. We are grateful for your time. Professor Akudo, can you hear me? Good evening. 
Okay, um, Professor Akudu's line will just not allow us to have that conversation, but uh, definitely uh, we'll, we'll rectify that and bring him uh, to you shortly and hear uh, that, that backstory, what exactly happened and what their demands are. Uh, the, we know that the walkout uh, was of within, between a meeting with Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, uh, UTAG and then TUTAG is over their conditions of service and the unions say that government already has shown some lack of commitment and bad faith to cede um, to their demands on market premium and other allowances. And that's how the year has already begun when it comes to concerns on the labor front. Earlier today also there were um, a system that was introduced um, to, uh, to stop the issues about ghost names amongst others on the labor front. So there's a lot happening on the labor front tonight. And um, hopefully uh, when we get the chief executive of the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, Ben Arthur, also joining us, we'll get to hear the side of the employer and what exactly um, has happened uh, in that regard. But one other issue that's making uh, the rounds and generating a lot of talk today um, has been a report, a draft report in circulation um, as we speak, uh, purporting to emanate uh, from the Parliament's ad hoc committee. You know that committee that was put together to launch investigations into uh, the leaked IGP tape and the plot to remove Dr. George Akufu-Dampare. Well, we've been hearing from the chairman of that ad hoc committee tonight uh, Samuel Atachia he's been telling us that that report is not from his committee and already asking for an investigation uh, to be launched to find persons behind that draft reporting circulation purporting that it's its findings has actually exonerated uh, Dr. George Kufudampari and also asking for the prosecution of the three officers involved. You can listen to that conversation I had with him on Mayday. This is not the handiwork of the committee the members of the committee are waiting for the clerk to tease out a report for our consideration. And it's very distasteful that anybody is banding this about that this is a report of the committee. A report of a committee will be signed by the chairman and the clerk. From what you've done so far in terms of the work, the last we spoke, you mentioned that you're going to present that report to Parliament amongst others. Did you recommend the prosecution of the three senior officers involved in the alleged plot? And the fact that truth be told, we've not come to that point. What has happened is that you need to have a draft of the committee's report from the expert called the clerk. And then the clerk will bring it to members of the committee. We look at it. And then if it represents what we really want to assert as the position of the committee, we will say so. And then we we'll also offer uh, our recommendations. That's what will happen. The recommendations will come from the members of the, of the, of the committee. If there's any opinion or position by the clerk, uh, we'll look at it, but it's not binding on us. Mm. But uh, it's surprising also that uh, from this um, report or the draft report we are seeing, it appears that uh, your committee or whatever we are seeing in there seeks to vindicate the IGP and indict the three high-ranking police officers. You are saying you haven't reached that level at all. Where exactly at all. are you then? Where exactly are you then? Sorry. Where exactly are you then with the work you've that done so far? That is what I said a minute ago. That is work in progress. The clerk is supposed to bring it to us, the members of the committee. And then the members of the committee will look at the draft document. And then we will verify if that is where we want to go as a committee. And it's a fair representation of what transpired. And the conclusions are logical and reasonable, giving the evidence adduced. And then we will put together a report that I will sign, and then the clerk will sign as well. Mm. What then will be your suspicion of this uh, particular draft document that is in circulation? Well, I don't know whether somebody wants to steal the show, but it's in contempt of parliament. You see, because this is an unfair prejudgment of what we are about to come to. And somebody is trying to force a report on um, uh, a committee of parliament. Very distasteful. And reading uh, the findings in this particular report, you're saying is nothing close to anything that your committee has done so far. I keep saying to you that some people have been trained to put together a report for the consideration of the committee. Those people are the clerk. <laughs> so, so if somebody should improvise anything and put it in the public domain, that is his problem. But every member of the committee who is very, very, very true to his own name we say that we said the clerk should put together a report which we will use for plenary 
and that draft report, we will all sit and look at it. You have about three lawyers on the committee. You all read the, the report. And that should reflect the thinking of the entire committee, even if there is any uh, dissenting opposed positions. Well, it will be captured in the report that some people dissented. Would you recommend an investigation into this uh, particular I believe case? so. We should, we should do that. Because this is like uh, trying to force um, a false report on the committee. You have any suspicions as to who could be behind it? You have any suspicions as to who could be behind it? Well, I am I'm, I'm, I'm professional enough to keep quiet at this point in time. Because it should be investigated. When exactly are we going to get this report so that all the speculations will be laid to rest, you'd say? You know, we're very, very buried in the budget approval. And every member of the committee was sitting on one committee or the other. So we couldn't congregate and finish the work. But I do not think it will travel too long. I mean, we're able to conclude the matter. Well, and that's uh, the chairman of Parliament's ad hoc committee, Samuel Atachia, they interacting with me earlier on the midday news. Thankfully, we've also been hearing uh, from lawyers uh, for uh, Chief Superintendent George Asari, but thankfully we've been joined on the phone by COP Alexander Mensa, one of the men at the centre of this particular investigation by the ad hoc committee. Thank you so much for your time here on Newsnight. Now, I'm sure that listening to um, the chairman of the, com- the Parliament's ad hoc committee, Samuel Atachia, mentioning that this particular draft report in circulation is not emanating from the committee. That must be very assuring for you since you saw that draft report, isn't it? Hello? Good evening, COP. Yeah, good evening. I'm saying that listening to Samuel Latachia mention that this particular draft report is not emanating from his committee must be very assuring for you. Yes, I knew that report was a fake report. I knew it. What, what made you so sure? I knew what actually happened at the committee. So when I saw the report, after reading, I saw that it cannot be a report from the committee. And luckily for me, the chairman has come to verify that what has been brought out is not from the committee. But what came to mind when you first saw the details of that report? You say it was fake. But what, what were your suspicions, you'd say? It's just one. Somebody just want to disturb Commissioner George Alex Mesa retired for what he is trying to do. Somebody wants to spoil my political career. Somebody who has the intention to destroy me wants to come and destroy me at this particular time where we are going for our families. But God being so good, it's not going to work. How is it not going to work when we've not seen the final report from the committee? Are you because that, the chairman that, come mm-hmm. to say that this report is fake. It's not from the committee. But this might be fake, but is it the hope that or you are very confident that you'll be vindicated by the committee's report? Is that I, am, I am very, very, very confident. What, what makes you so confident? Because I know what happened. We didn't get the full picture, at least. Others were in, in camera amongst others. But yeah. There was in camera, but I was present. I was present. So I knew what happened. So at the end of the day, when that um, committee's report that we are all waiting for comes out, it is the hope that COP Alexander Mensa will be vindicated by the committee. Exactly. Exactly, my sister. You will not be prosecuted, or there will be no recommendations for your prosecution, you'd say? Not at all. Not at all. So, please, George Alice Mensah did not go there to commit any crime. Mm. But since you were discharged by the committee, let me find out if you've been engaged again by the committee to a large extent, because they are still putting together uh, their reports, they say, at least from what we've heard. Have you been engaged again? What has been the, the discussion between yourself and the committee at that level? No, I've been engaged. Okay, well, we, we, we see how it goes and uh, we are waiting for the final report from the committee. But at least you are assured that from what we've seen and heard so far, you'll be vindicated at the end of it all. Exactly. Okay. I'm happy that the chairman has come out to say that that report is not from the committee. So whoever masterminded this fake report to destroy COP George Alex Smith 
has been disgraced. Who, who could that person be? He knows himself. But we don't. He knows himself. Whoever is trying to destroy me has been disgraced. It looks like you have your eyes on someone in particular. I have my eyes on someone that I'm going to mention his name. And he knows himself. Hmm. Okay. COP, we are grateful for your time. And that's um, COP Alexander Mensa retired there interacting with us. We also interacted with lawyer uh, for Chief Superintendent Georgia Sari, Alfred Papadakwa. Listen. I'll be surprised if it is coming from the committee. Not because it indicts my clients, not at all, but because of how porous it is and the fact that it contains so many speculative analysis. Uh, clearly, you, when you go through, you see that the conclusions are very, very dogmatic. And uh, I do not think a committee of such a nature, uh, looking at the caliber of people on that committee, would write some something like, of that sort. No, you see, I also do not think anybody who has critically involved himself to, with the works of this committee will, 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 will conclude, I mean, the, the sort of conclusion that uh, the, the committee, uh, this so-called draft report has brought. I do not think anybody who has critically uh, gone through the proceedings will come to that conclusion, you understand? So it probably it is some people's wishes that they are hoping would be confirmed by the committee. I do not think that a com- the committee will bring such a report. No, no, no. Well, so that's a um, lawyer for um, COP, uh, George Sorry, there speaking to us, uh, speaking to my colleague um, Imbura uh, earlier on, and on the reaction. But it looks like they are all assured now, and very satisfied that the chairman of the Parliament Ad Hoc Committee has actually um, come out to debunk the claims about this uh, particular draft report in circulation. Whilst we await uh, for the final report of the Parliament Ad Hoc Committee, it remains to be seen uh, who will be vindicated and who will be implicated by that particular committee's report. We'll go back uh, to the Labour front now and uh, thankfully we've been joined on the phone by the General Secretary of TUTAC, Dr. Zakaria Abubakar. We've been telling you about how TUTAC and UTAC members and leadership walked out of a meeting with the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission over aspects of their conditions of service and Dr. Zakaria joins us on the line. Thank you so much uh, for your time here on Newsline, Dr. Zakaria Abubakar. So I'm really curious about the backstory that will lead to tag and to you tag all together to walk out of a meeting with your employers. Yes, good evening. Um, good evening. Hello, Doctor Zakaria. We could hear you loud and clear. Yes, um, we we have been engaging government since the last half of last year, uh, but it appears we are not making enough progress on the issues that have been tabled far. Um, we feel that um, government has not demonstrated enough commitment towards the process. And so the need for us to to walk out of uh, the negotiations to really push government to, to come uh, clean on some of the issues that have been tabled so far. Mm. But really, um, I'm sure um, you had some demands on the table. Is it the case that the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, your employers for that matter, were not ready to meet you halfway? Or what exactly could have led to that? Is it that they are not ready to listen to TUTAG and UTAG at all? Or is that your demands are too high for the employers to meet? Not really. Uh, we are not being unreasonable in our demands, you know. Um we're talking about our condition, expired conditions of service. Mm. Some of them have been have been absolute since 2012. Um, uh, example is a market premium, which has been absolute since 2012, and which we expect government uh, to uh, to really review. But it appears that government has. Uh, over the demand the been referring us to a certain white paper or market premium mm. uh, in which uh, the government says that uh, um, market premium is not an item that is subject to negotiation. Government can only review us and when they do fit, which we think uh, is not fair because you cannot be on the same premium for over 10 years as I speak. 
But walking out of that particular meeting, does it not mean forfeiture of your rights to negotiation with your employers? Uh, for how long for how long can we continue to sit in these meetings? Don't forget that we are university lecturers. Um, almost all the universities have reopened, and we need to be in the classroom. We need to conduct research. We need to do community service and other um, uh, duties. We cannot we cannot waste all our time on negotiation. Hmm. Then what happens uh, going forward then? Uh, because you can't keep on meeting. What, what's next then? We have actually indicated uh, to to government that until they they show. Um, serious commitment towards the process, we are not coming back to uh, the table. And this walkout happened um, earlier today. After this notice you served to government, have we heard uh, from your employers, have you heard from the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission as to whether they've softened their stance or their position on, on the claims that you made earlier? Not yet. I think originally we, we were scheduled to have uh, uh, a meeting today and tomorrow. Uh, we are still around until tomorrow, and uh, if uh, we hear from them, and if it is positive, perhaps uh, we can arrange meeting with them again. But until then, we are holding on. So what really would you want to hear exactly before you go back to the negotiation table or any meeting for that matter with your employers? Just as I indicated, uh, you cannot continue to refer us to a certain a white paper issued by government on automated premium, for instance. You understand? We have, mm. uh, we have historical antecedent to, to many of these allowances that we're talking about. And the market premium that we are, the expired market premium that we are enjoying at the moment was duly negotiated for. It signed as far back as in 2012. But today, the employer represented by Fairways is quoting portions of a certain uh, white paper uh, that uh, mm-hmm. uh, market premium is not subject to negotiation until okay. we hear from them that, okay, we can go ahead to negotiate towards the review of your market premium. We are out of the negotiation. Okay, so once you hear that they've softened their stance on that, tomorrow's meeting will happen? Yes, it indicates to us that uh, they are ready to negotiate. We, we are also ready. After all, uh, we, 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 we all want the best for this country. And we are not trying to, if you like, jeopardize uh, our education, especially tertiary or higher education. Okay. We are grateful, uh, Dr. Zakaria, and we are looking out uh, for a fruitful uh, discussion and then meetings later on so that uh, we'll not see um, some agitations on the labor front. But labor expert Austin Game thankfully uh, joins us on the line as well for his thoughts briefly on this particular matter. Um, Mr. Game, I'm sure you've been monitoring uh, this particular uh, positions held by two tag, you tag on one side and the employers on that side. It looks like currently entrenched on aspects of conditions of service for these unions. Going forward, how are you hoping that we'll be able to deal with this situation such that there will be a, a headway or a way forward for that matter? Thank you. Thank you. I think that uh, listening to my friend uh, from the Utah side, it does appear uh, they've come to uh, the end of the road and the owners now lies on the employer uh, to invite them to another round of meeting and to show commitment. Uh, the labor law enjoins both parties. Our labor law is not a theoretical type of labor law. It is intended to assist in practice. And it's very clear that you have to negotiate in good faith. And good faith negotiation is, is about inclusion. It's about ensuring that there's high level of inclusion uh, you know, in the process. So it's entirely in the hands of the employer now uh, to show commitment by inviting them back to the table. Once they initiate, you know, the invitation, they'll be more than willing to come. And this time around, what it will mean is that they have to lay their cards on the table transparently, you know, as, as the case may be. Once they do that within the confines of the law, all will be well for them. Otherwise, 
when they take a, a unilateral decision as we normally want to describe it, uh, it may not work the other way for everybody. But is the employee not making it difficult for negotiations to continue if they work out on the employer during negotiation? It, it's equally unfair. Uh, that's why both parties will have to have cardinal rules that will guide their conversation. Negotiation has moved from the traditional adversarial process to a more of a conversational and collaborative effort. It's both gain approach. So it is for the parties to understand the industrial relations environment and fit themselves in. Otherwise, they will be, not that they don't know, they may know, their skills differ from people to people. Uh, so what are the cardinal rules governing the procedure of this negotiation? If you take a closer look at it, they both of parties might not be following it as expected of them. So I enjoin them to do their best to stay with the cardinal rules, or people call it ground rules, that govern the procedure of the negotiation as under Section 1012 of the Labor Act. Once they can follow it that way, uh, they will be able to have a solution. And if they have difficulty, they can do two things. One, look for a facilitator to assist them to be able to navigate through the muddy waters they cannot navigate themselves. Or they have to report to the National Labor Commission uh, to assist them. These two ways. Okay. We are grateful uh, for your input tonight here on Newsnight. But one other um, issue also happening on another front is the General Transport Petroleum and Chemical and Workers Union of TUC. They are demanding the removal of three members from the Tema Oil Refinery Board for what they describe as their ineptitude and alleged involvement in corruption. According to the Workers Union, the three board members, Leon Kendona Painting, Edith Sapara Grant and David Adumako, are the architects of the mess surrounding the Tor-Torrentical partnership deal to restore credibility in the search for strategic partner for Tor. The group is calling on President Akofado to, as a matter of urgency, relieve these persons from their post. Bernard Ousu is the chairman of the Workers' Union. For the gross demonstration of incompetence by colluding and condoning a conflict of interest and chasing after a non-existent ghost in the shadow of credible partner for almost two years, we plead that Mr. Leon Kendon Appington Ms. Edith Sapara Grant and Mr. David Adumako, the board chairman, be removed from the top board for lack of objectivity in decision towards the search and identification of a credible partner for top. The workers among a number of demands are also calling for the reassignment of other workers of Tor who are complicit in the deal which has been halted by the special prosecutor for corruption risk assessment. The reassignment or transfer of workers whose actions and inactions are found to be in collusion or have collaborated with the board to give to away to other available partners to bring about industrial peace and harmony to serve as deterrent to others. This, in our opinion, is key. Thankfully, one of the persons mentioned in there by the workers' board chairman, David Adumako, has a statement tonight. And my colleague, Carlos Caloni, joins us in the studio with details of it. What does it say, Carlos? All right, MFR. So the statement is a three-paragraph statement released a while ago. And paragraph one states, I have learned of some concerns raised by one Bernard Owusu, who led a group of tall workers to stage a protest against me and fellow board members of the refinery. Indeed, he is either misinformed or is on some agenda. Tor rehabilitation is a very difficult exercise and in the current environment, it is extremely difficult to find prospective partners interested in taking on the quantum of financial exposure necessary to bring about a lasting solution. He goes on to say, I'm quite confident that Mr. Usu does not represent the views of the majority of workers who have vested or a vested interest in the establishment of a sustainable solution. And the statement concludes that his motive is not clear to me, but he should understand that this 
his misguided statement are very damaging to the prospect for finding a solution in the near term. Okay, thank you very much. Um, that's um, Carlos Caloni uh, with details of that statement um, issued by David Adumaku, the board chairman of TOR, responding directly to that uh, press conference held by the General Transport Petroleum and Chemical and Workers Union of um, TUC earlier today. It's time for business. George, we are is in the studio. Hello, George. Hi, MFA. Uh, we'll be telling you about inflation, which has dropped to 23.3%, and what that meant for government's end of year target, and also the contributing or one of the major contributory factors. An immediate World Bank country director, Pierre Laporte, uh, backed proposals for privatizing those collection with the electricity company of Ghana and how that could have impacted on its revenue. We'll be getting you more details on that one. The business news on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Imagine strutting into the most anticipated wedding of the year ah, only to see seven other girls wearing your exact same outfit ah! you are special and one of a kind and that's why whether it's voice data or sms you get to enjoy personalized offers tailored to your specific needs with mtn just for you Dial star 141 hash or select your options on the My MTN app to redeem your unique just for you package on Ghana's best mobile network. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana and now introduces the customer specs order which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of 7 years which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168, Kumasi 0505-555-666 or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. It's a century of safeguarding dreams with Enterprise Insurance. In the spirit of our 100th anniversary, Enterprise Insurance wraps it up with Yafinia Motor Promotion. One lucky winner will cruise around in a sleek brand new Nissan Kicks SUV. First and second runner-ups will jet off to Dubai for an all-expense paid escape. Renew or get your vehicle insurance between January and June 2024 and win free fuel coupons. Monthly raffle draws give you cool gadgets like laptops, Samsung phones, microwaves, gas cooker, tabletop fridge and many more. Enterprise Insurance Yafinia Motor Promotion is on at all our branches. Call your broker or agent to buy or renew your motor insurance and make history with Ghana's oldest insurance company. Truly trusted. That's the enterprise advantage. Terms and conditions apply. This promo is regulated by the NLA on the Caritas Lottery Platform. Enterprise 
your advantage. The Driver and Vehicle Licensing Authority, DVLA, has introduced a new online vehicle registration process. That's right. You can now log on to online.gov.gh to start your new vehicle registration process at the comfort of your location. Then, present your vehicle at any private vehicle test station with customs release documentation for verification and testing. Once that's done, you can visit any DVLA office for further vehicle inspection and biometric verification of the owner or authorized persons for your digital smart card. Yes, a smart card. No more paper documents and it's that easy. Log on to online.gov.gh today and start your new vehicle registration process now. DVLA, your safety are concerned. Central University, Ghana's leading private Christian university, has open admissions. Apply now for a degree in environmental engineering, fashion design, landscape design, interior design, business administration, economics, law, nursing, civil engineering, architecture, computer science, IT, theology, PharmD, and many others. Degrees are available on our campuses in Mutual, ICGC Christ Temple, Abosokai, and Kumase. Also enroll in our MBA with various specializations. Scholarships are available for needy but brilliant students. Call us on 0303-318-583 or visit our website at Central Edu.gh for more information. Central University, raising transformational leaders through faith, integrity, and excellence. You're welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, the continuous decline in prices of some foodstuffs again helped inflation rate to slow to 23.3% for the month of December 2023. The development also helped government beat its revised end of year inflation target for last year to 31.3%. There is more in this report. The decline in inflation rate can be linked to the drop in price of some foodstuff from November 2023 to December 2023. This development helped slow the rate of increase for food prices over the one-month period and from December last year. Another development that can be described as interesting and contributing to this drop was due to the fact that imported inflation also dropped significantly for the month of December 2023. The data also showed that inflation rate has been on that declining path since August 2023. Food and alcoholic beverage contributed more than 50% to the December inflation rate. It was followed by housing, water, electricity, gas and other fuels. Tea bags continue to post the highest price increase from December 2022 to December 2023. Eastern region has the highest rate of inflation of 51.3%. The Ghana Statistical Service data also showed that fresh fish was one of the items that recorded the highest increase in the price for the year. And that is the business tax report. Meanwhile, government statistician Professor Samuel Kobnenim has indicated that government must focus on driving food prices down if they want to sustain this trend. Given that we continue to see about six of the items that with significant weight have consistently appeared in the top 20 items that have recorded the highest um, price changes. And they being food items, one would have to begin to think about how we continue to focus more on the real sector, specifically from the food um, perspective. The contribution of food to overall inflation can never be understated given the weight that we attach to food with the computation of our consumer price index. Food has a weight of 42.7% and is one out of the 13 dominant divisions and the other 12 has a weight of 52.7%. Um, so with a weight of 42.7%, one is always concerned about its contribution. Specifically in the month of December 2023, across the 13 divisions, food contributed 52.6% to the overall inflation for the month of December 2023. Professor Samuel Kobdenim is government statistician. The development could also impact on the cost of credit going well, as well as improving the real return on your investment. There's always been debate about inflation rate, but the measures past events and development. It also means that general price levels are not going down, but the rate of increase compared to the previous years are actually increasing or 
declining, some would say. Now, the immediate World Bank country director, Fiend Laporte, says he backs proposals to privatize bills collection logistic company of Ghana. Now, this has been one of the proposals that has been put forward by the country's development partners to help deal with the challenges faced in the company. Mr. Laporte says the logistic company refused to adopt it, but he believes that that could have helped it going forward. Always had the view that uh, there are, you know, th- things have not gone so well here. Mm. Collection remains, uh, you know, uh, underperforming. Okay, we, uh, collect- collection is not as it should be. You know, our experts, I'm not an energy expert, but our, ex- our experts have felt that uh, uh, give, give the collection mm. to a private uh, firm who can do it. Uh, there's those around the world who are experts at this, yeah. but ECG and others sometimes felt. No, the model can work, but they have different views. I'll just give you, give you an example. Yeah. Are you satisfied that the reforms that the bank had pushed is getting results, or there are still feeling challenges in the sector? Finally, the government shifted quite, quite significantly. Mm-hmm. And that is immediate World Bank country director Pierre Laporte. Now, government is seeking to raise over 5 billion Ghana cities from the five new tax amendment bills that has been signed into law by a president. But looking at the current economic environment, can this target be achieved? There is more in this report. Which seeks to review the application of VAT on some items and services will bring in 3.7 million Ghana cities by the end of next year, it is this same amendment bill that is seeking to place 21.9% VAT on non-life insurance business, which could result in motor insurance premiums going up by more than 30% from the beginning of next year. The revision of the rates on stamp duty may be the next tax item that could bring in some significant revenue to government. The Finance Ministry is seeking to raise about 653 million Ghana cities from this tax. About 540 million Ghana cities is expected to be secured from the excise duty bill. The Parliament has reviewed the items that should be captured under this tax. The Emissions Levy Bill, which seeks to promote the use of eco-friendly tech and green energy, might help government mobilize 541 million Ghana cities at the end of 2024. But for many, the biggest concern here is that will government be able to mobilize these taxes at the end of next year, looking at the current challenges facing the economy? According to the 2024 budget, government is planning to raise 176 billion Ghana cities in taxes and grants at the end of next year. Well, there are concerns that implementing these taxes could increase the cost of living and also decline or actually affect the rate of decline inflation that we've experienced over the past month. Now, a partner at accounting advisory service firm, that is KPMG of Arnold's, asking businesses to employ technology in drafting their financial plans to improve efficiency. According to him, businesses thrive and grow an effective financial plan that guides them to expand and also grow their services now speaking on marketplace on joy news today mr anna said that the use of tech in preparing business financial plan is very important to aid the expansion and competitiveness for the little plans that you have in your mind don't let it stay in your mind act on it do 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 if you don't do it becomes just an idea so let's move from in this year 2024 let's move from the ideation or concept stage all right to implementing let us execute without execution we will never realize the lofty ideas that we have for ourselves so for individuals and for businesses good plan but make sure you are acting on those plans execute that is key Renovano is partner at accounting and advisory services firm that is KPMG. Now, the Ghana Stock Exchange returned more than 28% to persons that invested in general stocks on the market for last year. Now, this was contained in the monthly stock report released by managers of the exchange today. Now, Ben's oil pump plantation posted the highest returns in terms of an individual stock performance, those that invested in that stock. Foreign investors accounted for more than half in terms of trades on the market. However, data showed that there was some decline in terms of 10%.
2022. And that's all uh, for business on Newsnight. Back to you. MFA. Thank you, George. Have a good evening. Let's do sports and uh, some of your messages um, as well. Musbao. Yeah. They are in Abidjan. Yeah, they are in Abidjan. Beautiful Man. Kente. Ooh, beautiful we Kente. We won the cup already. Well, it looks. That Kente, we, <laughs> won, we won the cup already. Well, you haven't even played your first game yet. <laughs> already claiming winners of the AFCON oh, title. Well, they is. indeed touched down in Ivory Coast uh, early this afternoon, and uh, of course the, the Ghana team they were rocked in some traditional Kente upon the arrival at the airport, uh, having left Kumasi in some white kaftans. In fact, all the 27 players, as well as the technical team, were seen in that kente, traditional kente, and slippers as they touched down in Apijan. Chris Easton they've left Ghana uh, in the morning after wrapping up their preparations on Tuesday with a farewell dinner. And uh, at the dinner, the president interacted with the players and uh, he expressed his desire that the team will go to Avicos and end the country's 42-year wait for the Afghan title. Know very well that you have the support of Ghanaians. Go all out and make us proud. Government, with the active support of the GFA, has made all the arrangements necessary. Uh, that's the president there. Well, uh, the Black Stars will play their first game on Sunday against Cape Verde. And uh, afterward, they will play the next game against Egypt and play their final game against Mozambique. Egypt is like a second game. Yeah, Egypt was the second oh, game, then okay. Mozambique final game. So people have already started oh, the permutations. Let's keep it. Win, then Egypt get a draw, then oh, Mozambique. No. Yeah. But uh, it, yeah, I mean, there are a few interesting dynamics to it because either you can place first and qualify, second qualify, you can be among the best third place teams and qualify to the next stage of the tournament. And this coming on the back of our abysmal performance in 2021. So uh, you can see the burden is really heavy on the Black Stars to do well over there. Well, in the, uh, earlier in the week, I spoke to you about Manchester United goalkeeper Andre Onana, whose situation is quite unclear now because Manchester United requested that the player uh, be with the team uh, on January 13, when Manchester United will be having a game uh, against Tottenham Hotspur. January 14, rather. Now, we understand that Cameroon agreed with Manchester United for Onana to stay, play in that game against Tottenham Hotspur on January 14, and return to and, and fly to Ivory Coast and play for Cameroon in their game on January 15. However, what we are picking up is that Andre Onana has decided that he will stay with Manchester United, play in that game against Tottenham Hotspur. However, will not be available for his country's first game. And that has attracted some criticism being meted out to Andre Onana for seemingly, you know, uh, choosing Manchester United over his national mm. team. However, he'll be with the team, though, in their subsequent games, except for their opening game. That's some update from the AFCON for you, MFA. On Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Bao. And it's happening this weekend. And you want us to leave your dial right here on Joy 99.7 FM and all our platforms bringing you updates of the AFCON. Now, there's a story that most of you are looking forward for some updates. And, and um, it's in Siniase and Brekum, that issue about goats and the goats against goats rearing a amongst others. My colleague, Iraso Sasari Donko, has been following this uh, particular issue for us. And there was a meeting that was supposed to happen between the chiefs and the Briku Municipal Security Council on this particular issue. Iraso has been following. He joins us on the line with details. Iraso, so what are we learning from this particular meeting? So there was one meeting yesterday where the uh, CEO of Semenshia Farms was given an audience for him to uh, tell the Municipal Security Council and the chiefs, uh, what his problem is. And then there was another meeting today between him and the Municipal uh, Security Council and the chiefs. At the end of the meeting, the chiefs have requested that they also need to meet amongst themselves and announce their decision later. So that is what we are waiting for uh, now. 
Mm. Interesting. But uh, thankfully, Erastos, we also have um, the CEO himself of um, Sementia Farm, Learning and Development Farm, Frederick Bene. I uh, would love to hear from him as well, as Erastos also follows up um, on this particular issue for us. We are grateful, uh, Frederick Bene, uh, for joining us here on Newsnight. So really, um, what then happens going forward? We know that these meetings have ended inconclusively. How is the farm? What exactly is happening uh, to your investment at this point, Frederick? Um, thank you. Th- thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, I think just like the name of the farm says, you know, it's a learning and development center. Um, it's unfortunate that this is happening. Um, this is happening, but um, we want to honor tradition. We, we want to, you know, respect the orders from the chiefs. I think from day one, what we've been asking for is time to be able to properly relocate. Um, and that is still what we are working on. So the hope is that the training and learning to revolutionize the livestock industry in Ghana and Africa in general will still proceed. Um, so with everything happening, I think there's a silver line in it. And we're hoping that the chiefs will still give us at least some time to prepare ourselves so that at least the few animals that's left, we can relocate them and continue to make an impact in the country and in the lives of the youth as well. So it doesn't look like from all the engagements you've had with the traditional council, security council, amongst others, it doesn't look like relocation is off the table at all. By all means, you have to relocate because the gods are not happy. Um, I mean, you never know. We we are still hopeful for for both turnouts. It could Mm. be that the kids um, could give us the opportunity to continue the work that we are doing here. But um, personally, because people in my community have already been a victim of this, I wouldn't want to set myself different from that. So as as hard and, and, and heartbreaking as it is to leave all my investment behind, I think the the plan is to to relocate if we are given an ample time to sort ourselves out. Well, the question then um, comes up is that during your research before going into investing in goat rearing in that particular area, did yeah. it never come up that that area the goats are against goat rearing? Did it did it not come up? How is it that they allowed you to do it five years on before you're hearing that the goats are against goat rearing in the area? So that's that's the the question everybody has been asking. Um, And like I always say, in every community, every every country, there used to be a tradition, a ritual that over the time fades away as development and as we grow as a community, as people. The railing of goats years back was definitely prohibited in Burkum or in Sinatra. But over the years, I grew up here. I grew up having goats in this community. Dogs are prohibited. But at the moment, there are dogs everywhere. So going into dogs, nobody would think that it's prohibited anymore or that will be reinstated. So everybody has goats. When I started this project five years ago, some of the local goats that I was using for my learning and Environment, mm-hmm. We're actually from this community. I bought it from here. So this is a, an all of a sudden reinstatement of a tradition that has been let go for a while. In all this, how much are you losing, you would say? I mean, looking at the numbers, uh, just to give you an, an, an idea of just last year, in, in about June, July, we decided to move from an experimental farm to a commercial farm where we started building the biggest goat pen in the whole of Africa to house about 5,000 goats. In two months, we actually spent almost 500,000 in that structure. That structure is not yet complete. So on a yearly basis, we're spending about 1 million Ghana cities in this project, including the importation of um, pure breed, mm invitation of experts in goat farming, both in health, in management, and in nutrition into the country to train my workers. Last month, I took um, one of my family just to South Africa 
who went to Jeff's study about artificial insemination with goods. So we have put a lot of money into this, but um, yeah, that's why this is such an unfortunate situation for us. Okay, so if you don't relocate, what would the gods do? What will happen? Um, <laughs> that, that might be a question for our elders. Um, I'm not that spiritual to <laughs> what the intentions of gods are. Um, I just, yeah, I, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> Okay, Frederick, we'll leave you here. We are grateful uh, for your time. And that's uh, Frederick Bene, the CEO of Sementia Learning and Development Farm. And he's a man at the center of all that um, uh, controversy and um, concerns about the goats being against the rearing of goat in that area. Also, uh, Brekum. And you've been hearing from my colleague also, Irasa Sasari Donko, that has been following uh, this particular meeting between the chiefs of Brekum Municipal Security Council, amongst others. What exactly the goat have against rearing of goats yeah we'll get to hear more subsequently and that's it uh, for tonight's edition of news night there's more when you log on to myjoeonline.com i am mfa apau have a good evening